What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shonuf71, and your auditory canals are locked into Season 6, Episode 28 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. usual i'm not in the digital studio alone along with me all our partners in crime we got des the bay area terror what's going on brother not much just you know here to talk about you know the things that we love and that is games indeed indeed and of course our show is a no-go without trader joe aka the food max of gaming who will maximize your gaming dollar what's up hey what's going on man the fine beautiful monday it's sweltering outside thank god i'm inside i'm praying that the uh the utility gods doesn't do the rolling blackouts while we record this show <laughs> so, yeah, let's hope let's hope, let's let's hope, hope. That, that doesn't happen <laughs> yeah california uh, for you listeners um pacific gas and electric company in particular doesn't seem like they want to make the upgrades that they need to to their um you know network you know i think it's up to the state of california basically to go and make the changes that are needed this is not a political podcast but <laughs> well the reason they didn't is because they couldn't you know there have I been know. multiple attempts to add additional power stations but the uh... The, the, tree huggers, yeah. the tree huggers and the fish lovers always get bent out of shape. You know, I say F them trees, F them fish. We need power. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, when you listen to that, then your your state population has outgrown the uh, power production that's already there. And y'all don't want to build no more power stations because you're beholden to the, to the tree huggers. So. No, it is what it is, and I'm no conservative by any stretch of the imagination, but it is what it is. Yeah, it be a good balance. <laughs> I mean, I know nuclear power is supposed to be safe for the most part. For well, nobody wants point. a nuclear power plant in their backyards. I oh, get I know. that. <laughs> I get that, but I mean, there there were some alternatives that could have been done, but uh, sure. our tree hugger friend said nope, and they got a lot of money and were able to uh, lobby in the. Uh, in the houses of power that run the state, so here we are. But politics aside, our first topic on our docket is going to be the playlist. So, Des, why don't you kick things off, man? What you been playing? Well, I've definitely been playing the. Um... Uh, Monster Hunter World, that seems to be the go-to kind of hotness that I've been playing lately, and I've been really enjoying it. Um, I still um, need to try to get the bear off if it's still around. It might not be, but when it comes back around, I can, you know, sit down and actually do that. I think I did. I think, yeah, I, I played. I'm trying to think now, you know, because... Uh, um, I haven't really been playing that much of anything just because I uh, just had a lot of you know other, other stuff going going on. Um, but one thing that I did do was I actually played um, with uh, the um, with Joe's other podcast. I played uh, with um, 
GH uh, Radio. You're yeah. struggling to remember the name no, of the podcast. No, no. Uh, just play with the GH Radio, folks, and it was a lot of fun. We we actually played on the on the Xbox, and and I know I haven't really like we really don't play that much on the on the Xbox nowadays, but we actually sat down and and played on it, and um, I fired it up and been playing. Uh, they were playing. Uh, who were you playing, Joe? I can't remember now. Oh, I'll, I'll talk about them. What were you playing? I can't remember. Forza Horizon Four. Yeah, Forza for the Horizon Four. Yeah. But I couldn't, like, I didn't, I didn't take the time to download it, so I was playing Undermine uh, on Games Pass, and I have to tell you that game's that game's pretty fun. So I've been um, uh, really enjoying uh, playing Undermine as a, you know, as a uh, a pretty good, you know, little uh, little roguelite. You know, um, I have seen other people run it. Um, some other um, uh, YouTubers have watched it, and, I, and I've been really kind of, you know, impressed with what I was seeing. So, so to finally actually play the game, uh, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I'm a fan of roguelites. I have played them before, so um, this was, you know, kind of a really good, you know, pixel art style. Um, running around as like a little minor and and stuff it's the, the game's the game's actually pretty tough too so but it's a pretty good game and and that's that's kind of been taking up my time uh because i really have just gotten uh really kind of fallen in love with the gameplay so again i'm a, i'm a fan of of roguelites i'm a fan of roguelites that have a really nice um aesthetic and are not so difficult that it's too hard to to actually progress um, which is in this game has got me kind of really wanting to play Rogue Legacy 2, which is which is in its uh, alpha right now. Um, so I can't wait to to play that game. And if it's available on X Pass, which it probably or Games Pass, which it probably will be, I'll you know that'll give me another reason to play my Game Pass, my Games Pass. So, uh, so yeah, Uncle Phil, you know, keep on you know doing what you do, I guess. <laughs> So, but that's what I've been playing. So, uh, Joe, what have you been playing, buddy? Uh, quite a few things, of course. Uh, my main thing is last week, surprisingly, is playing a lot of Crackdown 3. So, that's not oh, surprising. <laughs> You've been playing that a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, say, say what you will. I mean, pretty much it's uh, very like um, pleasing for me to, you know, mixture of gameplay, you know, obviously collecting orbs in the play field, collecting hidden orbs. Uh, surprisingly, some of the racing is actually pretty fun too. Once you get the chance to get the control scheme down on there, especially because you have a car that morphs uh, your agency car, and so I'm able to morph back and forth between a tank, a regular like racing type vehicle, and then like a stunt vehicle. And the thing about the stunt vehicle is that you could scale up um, buildings, and uh, you go all crazy with the control on there at first it was just really hard to control but uh now that i'm used to the physics of it a little bit um getting into the challenges of trying to do all the stunt rings within the world on there so i got to think about seven or eight left out of the 50 on there uh some of the racing is pretty i hate, hate to say it but shitty <laughs> you know still on that but uh uh otherwise i mean i like the stunts i like doing the doing the ramps on there i think a very decent open world game where you know obviously it's not going to be your triple a 
experience, but Crackdown was never a triple A game <laughs> per se on that. But uh, enjoying what I've, I've played of it so far, I'll be playing it to its completion. I'm not sure if I'm going to worry about the gathering all the orbs on there. I was looking at the achievements list, and I know that I think there's at least 750 achievements for playing the jank-ass multiplayer <laughs> on the game. And so uh, from what I've read of everyone's impressions of the multiplayer, even though I do enjoy the game, it's probably going to be something I'm going to pass on. So, And so we did have our... Um, Gaming Vessels game night on Thursday, and so me and Dez got together and played the Fall Guys for a couple hours. Yeah, sorry, that's yeah. the other guy. That, that's the other game I've been playing a lot of. I don't really think of it as is like I just think of it as just kind of like a silly little game. Like I don't even think of it as a as an actual game. I just think of it as just kind of like, hey, we're just gonna hang out, you know. But yeah, we played that a lot too. Thank you for bringing that up again. I completely just was like, I don't know what we're doing. Well, it's okay. It's okay cuz you know we I we even got Kevin to download it even though he hasn't played it yet. So I'm not sure. Actually, I did. You did download it? I played it. What oh, you, you played it? Oh. Yeah. Uh I won't be playing it again. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean it Yeah, okay. it, it's just it was just you do a bunch of different little it's, it's almost like playing like what's that Mario game? Mario Party? Mario Party? Yeah, it's like Mario Party without the Mario characters, and it's just. I did get to the. Uh, I got to the. I got to the last event on my first try, so. Good. You get the crown or no? No, I didn't get the crown. I, think oh, I got okay. my third or fourth place. But, yeah, uh, and yeah. what's cool about it is that it is a sixty-player, about you know, like online game where you're competing with other players on there, so. And so it just makes it fun. It's kind of a hang out, talk to your friends, you know, wait for the next competition to load if you make the cut, of course, on there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's fun. I think it's something that everyone can play. So, you know, I think they yeah. made a good choice making it a PlayStation Plus game. Just yeah. so that it, it was... was okay. It's just not it's just not for me. Yeah, it's fine. I'd... Yeah. No, it was it was a fun little it was a fun little time waster. You're definitely not, you know, super competitive or anything. So, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. And I'm then on, uh, to play it though. Yeah, that's good. Glad you at least gave it a shot. You know, I know sometimes when you look at this like fluorescent game with these little dudes, it's like okay, hail to the no no kind of thing. You know, and so. I already know I'm I've been a gamer long enough to know what I'm going to like and what I'm not. I mean, that's, that's, I think Persona is the only example that I can think of off the top of my head where that was, you know, 180 degrees wrong. But I knew I wasn't going to like it, but, you know, I can, I can see why so many people play it. Uh, it's, it's, I kind of put in that Fortnite uh, type classification that it's just something that, a lot of people just can get into so i I see the appeal of it It, it's just not for me also playstation stuff me and des got together and we were playing for a good bit of amount of time but uh you know it's my first time really sitting down and playing risk of rain 2 uh, yeah but i keep forgetting (laughs) yeah so we sat down i think we played for a good what two and a half three hours 
on Friday night. It was and, for four uh, hours, dude. Yeah, it was it was a good long playthrough, but I got kind of the mechanics of the game down a bit. You know, my only experience playing the game was at PAX like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago on that. So and just uh, getting used to the uh, gameplay. Uh, obviously, I'd never played the first game on there so just uh I, I enjoyed it quite a bit i mean you, you're dealing with the procedurally generated items on there you're collecting coins um you know defeating enemies and yeah the game kind of ramps up its difficulty so you could start at normal difficulty and it'll ramp up to insane difficulty you know, crazy difficulty yeah, a lot quicker but if you want a, a more gradual like um as far as uh, difficulty ramp, if need be, if you want to start off on easy on there, at least to get your uh, sea legs up, if need be. On yeah, there. you really kind of, it's because the game has a really hardcore, like, like it's, it's, it can, it, once it ramps up, it gets really hard. So, yeah. I love the fact that we're trying to defeat the uh, one um, portal boss because basically the whole thing is you, you start on this 3D map and your whole goal is to find a, uh, teleporter is that yeah and then there's a teleporter boss that usually will pop up on there and i know this that one fight we had where we were fighting the boss but we had a uh offering uh of like a tree that was nearby that we offered a certain amount of our money towards and so it was constantly healing us as long as we stayed in the circle and so it was like that dichotomy of uh sitting there making sure you know not have not not having the ability to be able to move out of the circle because otherwise we'd get, uh, you know, trounced. Yeah, just trying to manage the wave of enemies approaching the circle and trying to fight the boss at the same time. So just yeah. all that emerging gameplay. But uh, I, I got, we both got really, you know, a lot of abilities and making a nice little run towards the end of our playthrough. So, yeah, it's one thing, one thing that kind of got me was it just kind of, it just kind of seemed like it was um when it was easy it was just a little too easy you know so yeah. i was like you know ugh. so it was just taking a little bit more it was just taking a little bit of time um but when it was when we were actually um like playing the the regular one like the 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 difficulty did ramp up a lot better a lot easier but yeah you know and i do wish that they would allow you to um um what was that i wish they would allow you to um uh unlock the people a lot easier because sometimes it, it seems like it takes way too long to unlock the other characters that you can have there's like six or eight other characters that you could play but but you have to do these specific things in order to get them so yeah. and that's one thing that, that i really wish it wasn't really like that yeah. like i really wish as it was. hard to unlock you mean yeah yeah well i really wish it just just was different um or easier to unlock those said people yeah. If you're interested yeah. in the game, though, it's pretty cheap on there. I mean, I saw something today where the console version was around, I think, 13 14 bucks. Uh, if you do buy the box physical copy of it, you do get the first Risk of Rain included in the uh, disc itself where you can load and check that out, which is more of a 2D interpretation of the game that Risk of Rain 2 is in 3D on that, so... You know, I don't know if you're interested in this kit, but this might be another multiplayer game. If you had access to, you can maybe give it a shot and and play with us if need be. So it's uh, it's it's a lot like um, horde mode <laughs> on Destiny. That's 
a good way to to do it. The one thing that's that that makes it a little bit um, tedious is you can't. It's kind of hard to build for um, builds because it's all randomly generated. So you kind of have to see what you get and and work it. The only difference is is the is the um, characters that you play, so um, and how they move. And there's certain artifacts or items that you get that will work that work much better with certain characters. So, um, but cheap. Say it again. Is it cheap? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like the price is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh. 10 bucks right now. It's on, I think it's on sale, right? I think it normally yeah. sells for like 14 99 but it, but it, it, it goes on sale quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And if you get the physical, you get the both games, first and second, Risk of Rain 1 and 2 on the disc. So it just depends if you want to go physical or if you want to go digital on that. So wish COVID wasn't around and be something I maybe bring over or you come over and play, <laughs> you know. Just to get a sample of it, if need be. So it's not on gameplay on YouTube for it, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think work. it's a pretty good game. You know, um, it's a nice little time waster. Yeah. Another game I fired up and I have had on my hard drive for a bit. You know, I had to play on prior PlayStation Plus game, but I had Wipeout Omega Collection where I finally fired that up on there and. If you're not aware, these are like um, the prior, like a couple of PS Vita versions of Wipeout uh, on there, um, HDified, and um, also I think the PS3 game brought onto PS4, and so it's a nice little collection on there. It also has a PS VR uh, compatibility to it. But if you're not familiar with the Wipeout series, that was a long run running series from back in the 90s uh, on the PS1 from Psygnosis on there. And so from what I played, I, I want to get in there and start unlocking some vehicles and unlocking tracks and kind of getting in, back into that gameplay loop. It's like, you know, games like that, Fantastic like that, game. and F-Zero, you know, I just kind of miss more arcadey racers. I'm not one to play the more semi types. And so especially with a sci-fi inspired um racer you know something to where i just i feel like it kind of gets a, the short end of the stick on there i'm just hoping that further games uh, can be made with that same type of gameplay if need be so and definitely if you're interested if you queued it up in the previous uh when it was free on playstation plus definitely just let us know because that might be a game night game uh, for us all to play if need be so and then, uh, as Desmond said, we uh, combined with the other podcast, I'm on GH Radio on there uh, for that Xbox game night on Saturday. So, um, you know, Des was playing Under Undertale. Was it Under? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Oh, Undermine, yeah. sorry. Undermine, yeah, there you go. Undertale sorry. is a different beast in yeah. itself. So, so. But uh, mainly with the guys, I was playing a lot of Forza Horizon 4. Uh, one thing that I could say about it is like the you know starting out and trying to do multiplayer right at the start wasn't exactly the greatest because you had to advance in the campaign up to uh, buying your house before you're able to do the multiplayer and then the multiplayer basically is that you had to um, create a convoy on there and the thing about the convoy is just this very convoluted as far as trying to get a group together and running missions and running tracks because of the fact that at least I was in charge of convoy for a minute 
or two and i managed to start a story mission uh that basically kicked everyone out and we were having difficulties going back and forth like the entire like hour and a half two hours we we're playing it so get your uh, convoy so. convoy yes i made that reference 10 million times because i'm an old man growing up in the 70s 10-4 good buddy you know it so <laughs> But uh, after Forza Horizon 4 gameplay is done, I'm pretty much, I enjoyed what I played of it. I mean, um, it kind of rides the fence between being super arcadey and being semi on there. I think uh, messing with the different uh, vehicles and gaining a more of a cachet of, of vehicles to choose from kind of, you know, point out the, the handling differences for me, at least, uh, like having the trucks and the, uh, different vehicles uh, kind of showed how different how the different vehicles actually control on there so i'm looking forward to uh, playing around with it some more on there and maybe even doing more multiplayer so you know for all purposes i mean i know forza horizon 2 was a game that i tried at first and both me and kev kind of like you know laughing at it with the whole hey party people and all that crap <laughs> at the beginning of the game on there but this seemed a little bit more muted but the character uh selection is much to be desired obviously um i had to pick some you know between some euro trash looking dudes you know like you know just pretty boys with their hair slicked back and you know they really pick an avatar worthy uh you know because i yeah nine, nine times out of ten i like to pick an avatar that kind of looks a little bit like me just to kind of personify and put myself in the uh, role of the character in the game or whatnot and you know i wound up picking some guy that looks like i i could be like uh the stunt double in the monkeys or in oasis or something so that's got to be fun i know uh, i'm like this uh like uk looking dude with a unibrow and a, a mop similar mop haircut you know so hey, it is what it is maybe i could add a mustache or something so <laughs> sure who knows? But um, I played a little bit uh, after we got through. Me and Eric uh, from GH Radio were was playing a Remnant from the Ashes. Me and Dez kind of dipped into this about, I would say, about two months ago, give or take. Yeah, on there. about that we time. Played a little bit. And so it's still on Games Fast, still hanging out there. And it's a, you know, roguelike four-player, you know, a lot of people have, you know, called it Dark Souls with guns. It kind of has that procedurally generated level gameplay on there. Um, you can grind it, you obviously get better gear on that. Uh, we got kind of, we just were going back and forth just to introduce ourselves to the game a little bit more as far as the control and whatnot. Then afterwards, did a map and, you know, we're doing okay until at the end we... Um, got trounced by the boss at the end of the uh, generated map on there. So, and uh, it was so funny that uh, because it was game night and whatnot, we had some random guy jump into the chat right at the end on there. I forgot his name, but uh, you guys remember his name? It was like, he was Blood like Asylum. Uh, Blood yeah. Asylum. Yeah. yeah. He's like, scared. I started you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Coming in and talking crap on Eric and like, you know, talking all this shit while we're sitting there trying to like make our maybe last or second to last attempt at this boss and like you know, to see this guy come in. Blood Asylum joins the party. It's like, I ain't scared of you. What's your name? Rock Slide. Who are you? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. <laughs> 
we were laughing about it afterwards. Like good old Xbox Live, you know. So don't ever change. Yeah. But, yeah. Got kicked that guy out, booted him, and banned him from joining the room, and made the room private <laughs> after all said and done on mm. that. So. Uh, oh, other game I did play, another Xbox uh, Games Pass game. You know, woohoo, I'm a Xbox Game Pass like aficionado over here. A Xeno Crisis on there. I was playing that some more on there, which uh, is an indie game. It's been out on Xbox and PlayStation. It's been out everywhere, actually, for the, like the last year. I didn't even realize it came out. This is a game that uh, initially was released for the, um, it was a homebrew brew game for the Sega Genesis on there. It, it reminds me quite a bit of Smash TV with some alien syndrome aspects to it as well. And uh, hey, it's uh, another benefit of Games Pass. It's the golden corral of console gaming right there, man. I, I didn't know the, the side of Xenocrest was sitting right in front of me, all looking tasty and and juicy on there. It's like the Salisbury steak of my gaming week, if need be, on there. So played well. It's a up to two player game. So I'm hoping to get one of you guys into the mix and maybe checking that out a bit. So, mm-hmm. and other than that, that's been my week in gaming. So, cool, cool. Um, so for me, it's uh, I was playing some more Monster Hunter World. I've actually, I think, pretty sure, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I've put together a, finally put together a, a meta build for bow. It's my, my uh, dragon bow. I've got all the stuff on it. The only thing that that I'm really missing is that, as opposed to, uh, instead of critical boost, I have part destroyer, which because I don't, I can't, for the life of me, I can't get a uh, a four star deco that has a vitality and and uh, critical boost. It's 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 no, uh, not critical boost. It's uh, weakness exploit, tenderizer. I think that's what they call it. Call the the the, the deco. So I can't get a tenderizer vitality deco to save my skin and i need three of those to actually create the quote-unquote mecha so instead of tenderizer i've got part breaker which i think is probably arguably just as good um because it part breaker obviously by its name knocks monster parts off the monsters more easily but it also does uh, it also increases the damage to tenderized spots kind of sort of like what tenderizer or weakness exploit does so you know six in one hand half a dozen in the other so i do have my uh my meta build for the, the dragon bow at least and i've started uh just having the elder melder make a lot of my other uh, guided lands materials that I need for my other augments for some of my other weapons, and it's just it, it's just easier that way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna augment everything I've got. Uh, I'm probably gonna do a bow gun, and I'm going to do a um, one of my bow guns, and I'm gonna do probably maybe if I can, maybe my my uh, thunder my thunder bow. I'll probably try and get that one together because there's a lot of there's 
kind of a lot of monsters that have weakness for a weakness for thunder. So now probably be it as far as my my meta builds go. So from that from that point, it's just going to be just messing around with Monster Hunter just just when I want to. Um, as I mentioned last week, I finished Last of Us Two, so I'm trying to decide what what I'm going to tackle next. It's not going to be anything heavy. Uh, I wanted to. I thought about. I was going to put uh, Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima kind of on the little bit of a back burner. I don't know how long that's going to last because I really want to get into that game. Uh, but uh, I'm going definitely going back into Sekiro. I'll probably be messing with Sekiro probably a little bit later on tonight after the show. And I'm going to go back into Devil May Cry 5 and Manning. You're just kind of just trying to knock them out of the kind of get them out of my backlog and done. Because Sekiro is a, just a fantastic game. And I think Devil May Cry is a fantastic game, too. I, I honestly didn't play enough of it to give it a, a fair opinion. But um, other than that, I did join you guys in the. Uh, in the uh, GH Radio Play Day, we'll play a uh, games night on Saturday, and uh, I played. I booted up the Master Chief Collection uh, on on the Xbox. I'm not a Halo fan. I stopped really playing Halo after the second one. Uh, but I just I was like, well, you know, let me go back here and just you know maybe I'm missing something. Uh, and let me try running at least running through the series uh, campaign on the uh, while you know while these things are these games are on Game Pass I I don't see them being taken off of Game Pass anytime soon. Uh, while my Game Pass account is still active, let me see if I can maybe get through the uh, get through the campaigns of these games. And what's neat about it is. Um, the Master Chief Collection has all the games in order. So, like, you start off with Reach, and then you go on to Combat Evolved, and, you know, all on down the line. So, that's kind of what I'm going to do. I don't know how often I'm going to play. When, when you guys were playing um, uh, Forza Horizon, I was playing the Master Chief Collection, and I was running through Reach. And Reach is actually... it. I like it more than I thought I would. Um, it's uh, there's there's definitely more, and I think it has to do with the fact that you're running with a team. But there's more uh, kind of character building in in Reach that I really didn't necessarily feel because Master Chief, at least in one and two, was more or less just you know heading things up solo with uh, with his AI uh, in his head. And I really didn't get a, you really don't get a, a real breath of, at least as far as I played in the series of Blue Master Chief is. But, you know, Reach is pretty fun. And um, I don't know how often I'm going to be playing it through the course of a week, but uh, I'm definitely going to try and run through the campaigns of those games. Um, I, play I did Master play Chief Collection too, so I forgot mm -hmm. to mention them during my which I've been playing, but uh, my playlist. 
but mm -hmm. uh, playing uh, uh, Combat Evolve Anniversary right now. So, mm -hmm. so I, you know, uh, does the gameplay get better once you progress in the series? Because it seems like it just could seem rudimentary to me still playing, comparing it to like something like uh, Destiny or something like that. So, well, um, I think it does. But again, I only made it to two. I never played three or four. I dabbled a little bit in five, so I really I'm I'm the wrong guy to ask about oh, the, about that. I'm probably have at least I have less <laughs> of tenure than even you. I mean, I've always bought them. I watched them on the saw them on my shelf, and I never really uh, gave them much strift. And so I'm trying to rectify that at least. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, but re reach is fun. Um, and, and because I'm trying to get the a grasp of what the entire story is, at least as far as the games, uh, that's why I'm starting with Reach and going through going through order. Uh, so yeah, I'm digging I'm digging what I'm playing of Reach so far. Uh, let's see, what else did I play? Um, oh, I played some Fall Guys. Um, I can see the appeal of it, but it's not for me. Uh, uh, my first run through the game, I made it all the way to the last, uh, to the last thing, uh, to the the last contest, and, and I didn't get the crown, unfortunately. But I, I, I definitely see the for that. And uh, there was another game that I played as well, but for whatever reason, it's escaping me right now. I should have, I, I, I should have put it in the in the outline when I when I when it was in my head, but. Uh, that is pretty much going to wrap up my gaming list for this past week. So our next topic on our docket, as usual, is going to be the news. Trader Joe, why don't you kick things off and let us know what's been going on in the industry lately? Well, yeah, first news story just came out earlier today. Uh, but uh, this is something kind of surprised people a bit, and it's about a game that you're getting ready to play. I'm getting ready to play as well. Des, I don't know how close you are ready to get this, but this is dealing with Ghost of Tsushima on here. So they are going to be introducing Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which is going to be a new co-op multiplayer mode arriving in later this fall on there. This is going to be entirely free for all owners of the game. And will allow players to do battle with legendary enemies on there. So, and uh, what it does is that you're going to be able to take on legendary enemy types with your friends on their legends, which will be made available entirely for free. Let's up to four players take part on a single team, with each player being able to utilize one of four different classes samurai, hunter, ronin, or assassin. On there, each class has its own special abilities that logically set it apart from the others. On there, Legends will also boost uh, boast co-op story missions as well, which will let you take on a variety of different enemy types on there. Unlike the campaign, Sucker Punch has said that it has designed the um, Ghost of Tsushima Legends to focus on myths from Japanese culture on there. That means you'll be able to uh, fight beings with supernatural abilities, such as the Oni will be some of the foes that you're going to be able to take on on there. So... And if you have about a full squad of four players, you'll also be able to try out Legends Take on Horde Mode on there. The game type is uh, simply called Survival, 
will let you do battle with increasingly waves of enemies. Sucker Punch also says that those who complete all the story and survival missions available in Ghost of Tsushima Legends will then be able to take part in a raid. Uh, this raid, however, will not be available right at the launch of Legends. It will be coming a bit later on on there. So, so uh, bonus announcements. So it's kind of cool that they are bringing this uh, multiplayer out uh, afterwards. So what's your guys' take on it? I mean, to me, it's just, just the whipped cream and cherry on top of it all. You know, I wasn't expecting this at all, to tell you the God's honest truth. So, Man, seems cool. I think okay. it, it gives play. me... A, impetus to play the game now a little bit more because of the fact that um i want to be more familiar with it once the multiplayer portion of the game does come out so we all can play together with each other of course so yeah yeah i watched the trailer at first i was thinking it was a pvp um but you know i'm glad to i'm you know which wouldn't have interested me at all but uh, the co-op aspect uh, does look kind of fun. So I'm digging. I dug what I saw. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, if you didn't know, too, Ghost of Tsushima will be getting a PS5 upgrade once it does, uh, you know, once the PlayStation 5 does come out later on in the year on there. So not only are you going to be able to play this new co-op mode on there, possibly raid and or do a horde mode if you have four players, but you'll also be able to played in super the greatest mode on the playstation 5 once it does come out so so cool. uh, good thing for me so all right and next thing uh speaking of another playstation 5 game uh, they talked a little bit more about spider-man miles morales on there there was a uh, feature in entertainment weekly on there and they showed some screenshots of course uh, i love that the screen sh- exclusive screenshot included a puddle of water with reflections on it so after the puddle gate from uh, 2018's uh, xbot uh extravaganza on there uh, complaining about you know the missing puddles in the uh final release of the game <laughs> i've never puddles be. yeah there was a puddle gate yeah because they had a no, I remember. Uh, I yeah remember. it's not the same the reflections are different i was like <laughs> boy bye yeah well in the report from entertainment weekly insomniac games shared a few insights into spider-man miles morales with the outlet looking at the making of both uh, miles morales and marvel's avengers on there so um specifically they shed a little bit more light in the story and what we could expect from the ps5 title later this year uh report also featured a new screenshot which we talked about with the uh ray traced uh puddle on there um they state that the uh, game will have a full arc from miles morales on there which started already in the original uh, 2018 ps4 game where miles was just starting to discover his uh, abilities on there that they stated that the game has a quote unquote has lots of heart and that with miles morales we're really completing this hero's coming of age in our game on there uh, they also said that peter parker is going to play into the story the train miles and how his spidey skills on there but uh, they right. said that miles will be his own spider-man uh, in the game on there so uh, specifically miles will depart from peter in several ways through how he plays including his animations movements and use unique 
abilities, including uh, such as turning invisible yep. on there. And so it's camouflage. Uh, I didn't even know that about him. I haven't seen the uh, Miles the Into the Spider Verse uh, movie. I should probably uh, rectify that quickly on there to get that uh, rectified. And so check Miles out a little bit more. On you really should. Stuff. It's really good. You're missing out if you have not seen it. It's a great movie. It's a great introduction for Miles Morales as well. Yeah, I have no no idea what his origin story or anything is, so that's uh, something I might have to kind of dip into before I play this on there. So, yeah, I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil it for you, so you just need to watch it. It's really good. So, uh, over the course of the game, no players will take on the role as Miles as he defends his home of Harlem from being torn apart by a war uh, between an energy corporation and a criminal organization armed to the teeth with advanced tech on there. So. And this is not a full-blown sequel, of course, as it's always been said, uh, but it's a shorter spinoff on the scale of Uncharted's The Lost Legacy on there, which, you know, of course, we see the, all the banter from uh, the Xbox side of Twitter calling it, you know, DLC, but I think it's going to be that and much more if need be. But, you know, we'll let the value proposition be decided by the purchasers of the said game on there so and we think nothing's been confirmed yet but we did talk about in the prior episode about possibly the first game being included as a uh bonus on there so we'll have to see if that comes to fruition or not on there so so any other uh comments you guys on this i'm excited for it so can't wait yep definitely gonna play it Oh, well, next thing, um, probably it's something you forgot to mention, Kev. I don't know if you want to talk about this real quick, but this is about Spider-Man and Marvel's Avengers. I know you played the demo, so I don't know if you want to. Yeah, I did back. completely. Yeah, I completely forgot that. I did play the Avengers uh, demo, and after playing it, I canceled my pre-order. And the reason I canceled my pre-order is I just didn't like the way they had the whole the 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 Hulk using the Hulk is should be an experience and overwhelming power again just like it was an ultimate destruction and Hulk using Hulk it seems like you're at a constant disadvantage because they don't you can't play the Hulk the way you want to why the hell does the Hulk have to dodge <laughs> and attack and, and okay I, I get it if it, if you're fighting a Hulkbuster or something like that, okay, I get that, I understand that. But some tin man, some some tin, some dude in a tin man exosuit is really gonna make the Hulk have to dodge. And and what's even worse is that regular size, human size enemies can block the Hulk's punches. No, nah. that that I that I that that was I was just like this is ridiculous. But I will say this, the, you know, using Cap, Kamala, um, uh, Thor, Iron Man. Iron Man, those were great. I mean, I really liked how, how those characters controlled. Um, and they each seem powerful within their own skill set. But that same transition does not apply to the Hulk. And the Hulk is the character that I want to play the most. It's, you know, primarily the reason I was going to get the game to begin with. So because of that, and I don't think the game is necessarily bad. It's just I ain't paying 60 bucks for it. So I'll hold off until uh, 
Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever. I'm sure there's going to be a number of retailers having that game on sale. So I'll just wait till it comes down to a price that I would find acceptable and then maybe jump in. So, uh, but yeah, the Hulk was just not. I, I mean, I it, it was. It's like I don't know how you screw that up. I really don't. I, you know, it it it. If they couldn't get the Hulk, allow you to play the Hulk the way he should be played, then I think they should have done like Hulk specific levels. And I was thinking about this after playing the demo. It would have been better if maybe there would be some like Hulk specific levels, whether you can have other Avengers, you know, there or not would would be second a secondary issue. But maybe have like timed levels where the Hulk has to do enough damage to a base to prevent some catastrophe from taking place. You know, things that allow you to fully explore the Hulk skill set. And they just didn't do that in this game. And, you know, when they start, I I can understand, you know, like I was talking to uh, my buddy Damon about this uh, after I played it. And he was like, yeah, man, he said, that's why I just couldn't uh, I couldn't fully get into the, the Spider-Man PS4 game because they have Spider-Man being weak to stuff he wouldn't be weak to, you know, like dudes with shields, you know, you know, guys with, you know, little with with these, uh, you know, chunky guys that are blocking Spider-Man's punches. He's like that. No, that that's that's not how it goes. <laughs> And he just find that super irritating. And and I agree with him. Um, it didn't bother me quite as much as it bothered him for Spider-Man. But that same idea bothered the hell out of me when I was playing the Hulk. So. So, yeah, I'm I canceled that pre-order and I'll just I'll, I'll slide into it once it once it drops down in price. Well, you know, on your tweet uh, that uh, your friend, our friend Hoodie Ninja was commenting the fact that uh, after about three hours of leveling, the Hulk plays way better on there. But I know there's a still thing about the dodge, the block on there. So I I ain't dodging with the Hulk for three hours to get to that. It it, it doesn't make any sense to do that. I don't know if my anticipation or my like desire to play Avengers is lessened a bit, but uh, this past weekend I had access to the... Uh, demo again and i didn't even fire it up you know in, in my mind it's like i don't know if i want to wait for uh the actual game to come out because i know my progress is not going to carry over if need be uh des did you even think about or did you fire it up at all i fired it up i didn't play it at all i was checking to see if, if it was still like available and then when i saw that it was i was like okay and i was thinking about you know, setting it up and doing it. But again, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It didn't it doesn't carry over. So it felt like just like why would I why would I do this? Because... Yeah, I had enough of a taste of it. Um, you know, I probably are just gonna evolve, take care of the Hulk equation by not playing as the Hulk as much and playing as the other characters. That's how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. That's probably yeah, a good yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, like Cody Ninja said, I mean, if you do level up the Hulk, maybe it does get better on there. So maybe it's just a point that you have to deal with that uh, gradual ramp up on there. Plus, we weren't playing with, uh, there were were two other, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but there are two other 
of skill trees that we weren't playing with either. So, so I didn't cancel my pre-order. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna check check it out and see what's happening with it. Um, I am, you know, a huge Marvel fan, so I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt. But I do agree with 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 that. It, it really needs to like shine. So hopefully it will, and I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, this all segues into my news story, basically. And sorry for bringing it up now versus during what we've been playing, but uh, figure we want to talk about that. I think uh, Kevin, you wanted to mention that as well. But uh, with all this talk in the last couple of episodes about Spider-Man uh, being included in this game only on PlayStation, uh, they had an interview with the developers of Marvel's Avengers, and they have confirmed that Spider-Man's inclusion in the game will not interact with the main story in a significant way. On here, his story DLC will be its own story entirely. Uh, as combat designer Vince Napoli put in the interview, Sony and Crystal Dynamics want the DLC to be seen as a quote unquote cherry on top. On there, so so after all this hubbub from um, people saying it's anti consumer, you're not including Spider Man in my Xbox or PC version of the Avengers, we come to find out. <laughs> that um that the um inclusion of this is basically not going to make a big difference in the actual overall game on there um they do basically state that spider-man will have a standalone story but has you know basically but the logistics on it is that they just want it to be included as a bonus on there so so i think that's hilarious I think it's hilarious too because he's included, but he's not really. I mean, I guess it's just like a little slice, a little like you know, uh, inclusion of the character to make it a little bit that much better. But I, I think if it's inclusion. It's not going to really change the game in any sort of way. No, but that's too. not that's not what I'm talking about. I think it's it's hilarious and sad because because people are now you know. It doesn't make a difference to the overall story, but that's like an extra story that people won't have access to. So yeah. So even still, you know, it's still kind of, you know, was probably gonna make folks really kind of sad. So it's kind of yeah. like okay. And basically, what they stated in the interview says uh, immediately uh, they made made it clear that the rules of the relationship between Marvel and Sony meant that the Spider-Man exclusivity was completely out of the hands of Crystal Dynamics on there. So they didn't really have a say as far as how much they wanted to include uh, the Spider-Man content in the actual game itself on there. So we'll have to see once the game mode does come out in the in the uh, little storyline, standalone story comes out as far as how significant it is per se, but uh, I think it's just a big old nothing burger. <laughs> you know, I can understand people still being upset about it, though, for sure. Like you, you're stating, Des. So. It's just, it's just oh, kind of funny to me. What's keeping you from playing Spider-Man in this game? Nobody. You just don't want to buy a PlayStation in order to do it. And I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a decision that you as a consumer have to make for yourself. Is, is my desire to play Spider-Man in the Avengers worth buying a PlayStation for? Is Spider-Man PS4 and Miles Morales PS5 worth me going? Worth it for me to 
either buy a PS4 now or hold off and get a PS5 later. I'm, 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 you know, as I'm, you're asking this question as someone who plays on on other platforms, PC, Xbox, Switch, yeah. whatever. That's you know. just a consumer question you have to ask for yourself. Don't if you're going to take your hostility anywhere, take it to Phil. Take it to Phil. Tell him he needs to cut some checks to get some of this exclusive content for where you prefer to play. Either that or just go and buy a PlayStation or wherever exclusive content is that you want to you want to play. But because of your per platform of choice doesn't have it, you're purposely locking yourself away. I mean, you know, look. You can get you can go to a pawn shop and get a PS4 for under 200 bucks. So I I I I don't I don't get it. Oh, I don't get the outrage either. Even you know, our good friend GH Radio host Lefty Brown just said it himself. He wants to play a Spider-Man. He's gonna buy Avengers on the PS4, even Wait, though he what? is a Xbox MVP. That uh, he is. Mm. You know, making his educated choice as far as where he mm. wants to play, and he is buying it on the PlayStation. So, mm. you know, so, it's just a bunch of bots having a tantrum. So, you know, in the end, I mean, I, I'm kind of curious if any of these people having the tantrum would even be interested in the game whatsoever. They just want to have a point to basically bitch about. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. On there, of course, you know, you go to like form. They ain't buying no games anyway, they just wait for it to come to Game Pass. So, <laughs> well, there was some big talk on Resetera and other forums where they were uh, still considering this as being anti consumer. And I could see the argument back and forth, but I could say it's pro consumer because they're giving you a choice, <laughs> you know. So, it's always pro consumer, there's nothing anti consumer, yeah. You've got a company that's utilizing an asset that it has to make its product more desirable. Every yep. industry, every company, every business does that. Yep. But for all of, for whatever reason, you know, in the console space, everybody has to be kumbaya and everybody has to have access to everything, which, I, you know, I, I think in, I don't get it either. But, but you the thing is, you can have access to everything. You just got to come out of your pocket. Yeah, yeah, basically. So, so it's like, yeah, I can look at that Prius I got outside and call it a Lamborghini Murciago all I want to, but it ain't. Mm -hmm. I'd have to come out of pocket in order to in order to get one. So people, it's the entitlement and the change that is trying that is being attempted in this gaming space to try and get people to, you know, you are entitled to things that you don't have to spend money on, which I completely do not understand. You know, to, it is what it is. I was kind of trying to reset my mind about Games Pass a little bit because, uh, you know, obviously on the Xbox, I'm queuing up all the new games coming out. And um, one of the new games that was out like recently was Kingdom Hearts uh, 1 and 2 on there, but I already own the physical game for PlayStation, and I'm sitting here downloading so I'm going to play it on the Xbox instead. You know, it's like I come to think about it, it's like, you know, when they pull the rug and pull this game from the service, it's like, what am I going to do if I'm halfway through playing the game? I already own this game physically on the PlayStation 4, so you think I'm going to even invest 
any sort of time in it and then i have to buy a second copy of the uh, kingdom hearts because my save is not going to carry over on there same thing with a no man's sky you know it's like you know it's like uh you know, sometimes with games pass you kind of get caught in the tasting frenzy of downloading new stuff but at the same time it's like uh you don't really own that content. They could pull from the service anytime if they want to. You know, I could say the first party Microsoft stuff would be more apt to stay on the service permanently, but uh, all the other stuff, I mean, you're pretty much eventually going to either have to buy and or, uh, you know, just deal with it if they take it off the service. So that's a thing to keep in mind with all this business. So, yeah. Well, speaking of Microsoft, well, there was this big announcement made after our last show and so we'll talk about a little bit here but uh, they have decided to delay halo infinite until 2021 no on there so um so uh they made a statement on there that says that uh the decision to shift our release is a result of multiple factors uh that have contributed to the development challenges including the ongoing covid related impacts uh, on there and that uh, obviously the game they didn't say it in their statement but uh, obviously you know after the Craig situation after the um, you know Xbox Games Showcase on there that uh, they want to take more time as they, as they should to deliver a Halo game experience that meets their quote unquote vision on there so so and this yeah. brings up a lot of uh, different. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's you know not really so shocking. I mean, pretty much uh, they they talked about internally within Microsoft to release certain game modes early so that they would meet some sort of uh, release with the Series X. But uh, uh, you know, I would say I don't want to get a warmed over like you know not ready for prime time. <laughs> slice of the game in any sort of context on there you know you're gonna delay the game delay the game wait until it's actually done i mean i know they talked about like oh we're gonna add a ray tracing patch later <laughs> it's like okay ray tracing is one of the main hardware components of the next series of consoles coming out so i mean it all kind of boils down to having this thing be um have to play on the Xbox One as well as PC as well as the Series X on there. In fact, uh, John Lenneman of Digital Foundry was stating that the, in a way he feels that having this thing backwards compatible on the Xbox One is quote-unquote anti-consumer, not pro-consumer, because you're watering down and making it harder for these designers to bring the, their vision uh, to life on here. So I don't know how you guys would feel about that take on there but uh you know it's just the point that uh you know microsoft can you know basically see the the writing on the wall and they have done the best thing for this game on here i think in a perfect world this would be a series x and pc only game it wouldn't even have any sort of backwards compatibility with the xbox one console at all i know it's going against the game pass mantra but you could see during their game showcase that they have a number of games not coming out for the xbox one either on that so it just depends on how they want to do but uh, this typical microsoft they say one thing and then uh, basically do this exact opposite thing 
on that. So any take from you gentlemen? No, it just seems this whole situation just seems so silly. Um, but I, I mean, it kind of has a point about, about anti-consumerism and it being like, you know, not, you know, consumer friendly. So I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you have an original Xbox One and you want to play Halo Infinite, I mean, ultimately, I think the experience that you're going to have with that game versus someone playing on the Series X is going to be so significantly different. Well, I would hope so. so. Yeah, I, mean, I would hope so too. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 like what is it? It's like over, you know, almost not 20 years, but it's it's quite an an, an older game. So. Yeah, system. yeah, over system. So I would yeah. expect it to be less. Yeah. So I, I understand the whole idea of scaling, and then Windows does it well. You know, you have your minimum spec and your maximum spec. One thing that consoles do well is that the fact that because of the fact you're making your game for one box versus trying to scale it down, is that you know the design of the game can uh, have some sort of vision where you know obviously they're you know dealing with a preset. Uh, box that they're able to, you know, bring the best like programming techniques. You know, that's why towards the end of the PlayStation 3 era, we got quite a few games that were just built straight to the box, straight to the code of the um, silicon on the box versus having to deal with middleware per se, the, you know, like an Unreal type, Unreal Engine type of thing where. Some of those PS3 games were really just, you know, programming wizardry. You know, we've seen this back in the day on the Sega Saturn, you know, where, you know, sometimes the wizards of Sega, you know, pretty much got into the complex architecture of that system and created, like, you know, great games on there. So, yeah, but that's not what people are into right now. Uh, no. It's not, at least not Microsoft, it seems like. Yeah. No, this should have happened from the jump. And and let's be honest, the reason that 343 is scaling, is, is holding, is, is delaying this game is because the biggest franchise in Xbox's lineup has been reduced to a meme. It's no. a joke. Oh, it's yeah. a joke. Yeah. It is yeah. a joke. The only, this, Halo aficionados have been lambasting every 343 attempt at a Halo game since I can remember. You know, the reason that they're doing this is because the biggest franchise was reduced to a meme. And this is what needs to happen. They need to take the time and make this a true Halo sequel, successor, reboot, whatever Infinite is supposed to be. They need to take that time and to get it done, they need to take it out of this freaking game pass gas up game as a service nonsense and give the people the fans what they really want a true halo experience now i'm talking to someone who quit playing halo after the second one but i do hear people who have a deep love for the halo franchise halo was the reason why they got into xbox Halo was the reason that they got online and started playing and made friends and built communities. And some of these people were just fed up with the way Halo Infinite showed. 
And the other thing that we have to, we, that I just can't let slide is a total hypocrisy from these freaking game influencers and these uh, game quote unquote journalists from these paid sites that were 100% on board with the way Halo Infinite showed at Xbox Series X Game Showcase. Then 343 drops this online post and then those same folks are saying, well, yeah, this is the best thing for to do for Halo Infinite. Wait a minute, y'all were cool with it when they showed it the first time. Why, why the change? Why can't you be honest with it? If you can't be honest with the people that, that are your fans, at least be honest with your own freaking self. And that's the thing that I just do not understand, I do not get, is that when people were complaining, those same influencers and big website uh, gaming journalists were saying, oh, it's just the fanboys acting up. No, a lot of these people were Halo fans that were pissed off at what they were seeing. And, but because they want to keep getting their gaming chairs and because they want to keep getting those interviews with, with Greenberg and Spencer, they got it. They, they have to bend this to the best possible light so they can continue to be part of that, that inner circle. Well, they got to the, the line. Yeah, you got to toe the line. And that's the thing. It's like, look, you got to be honest. If you see something that you don't like, the fact that you're now saying that this is the best course of action when you were, oh, man, this is I wanted Halo to look like Halo 1. Give me a freaking break. So you're going to pay five, five to six hundred dollars for a new hardware to play a triple A tent pole franchise game so it can look like the original xbox graphically you know come on bro you know if you again if you don't if you don't if you can lie to yourself all right cool at least have the the common decency for the people that go to your channels Go to your websites uh, to for your for news and opinion. At least have enough respect for them to be freaking honest. And if you miss out on Phil's next next uh, interview tour, so be it. You got you, you. There are people going to your channel for information and news, and for whatever reason, you know, respect your opinion on stuff. But when you outright lie about how you feel about a consumer product it it it's it's just it just means you're just a shallow individual and i i, I can't stand that but, but you know i've been i've been off the gaming journalist nonsense for years so this stuff really doesn't surprise me but it's just so quick the flip flop takes place you know it's like man y'all are wasting time y'all should be running for public office that's 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 where <laughs> that's where the big oh well, it's just you know you know when someone's a mirror versus having their own opinion you know so you know i want someone to have their own opinion i don't want just a, a pr person to reflect what you feel as a quote-unquote gaming journalist <laughs> to be a carbon copy of whatever the mantra of the day is per se on there i want someone to have a critical eye and you know sometimes 
someone that is as close to something and has passion and involvement in something that they're not going to like something from their favorite uh, you know developers and or publishers if need be your expectations are just that little bit higher on there and so you get to see where uh, someone's true passion in a particular um, item or something that they really like and are following as far as what their passion is and you know you your opinion is not something that just mirroring whatever they're saying it's like you know i, I hate to bring it back to politics but you know if you're supporting like someone like trump it's not like you're gonna support everything he says you know same thing with you know other politicians if need be you're gonna have different opinions on things on there so it's the same same thing with games on there when you really think about it you know and i'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up major nelson's ass or you know uh aaron greenberg's ass and that kind of thing just so i could you know get, well these people some... are part of that inner circle now yeah and the inner circle is more important than their their honest opinion of an issue that they take to those that subscribe to their channels, subscribe to their websites, view their content, read their content, whatever. They care more about that access than they do about their the honesty of their own opinions. Yeah. And, and I the, give it up and giving that to the people that follow them. And that's I the give it up to crazy. Digital Foundry a bit because they've been getting smoke up their ass from xbox people you know thinking that they are against the xbox when they're just giving their honest opinion about something on there so you know good bad and different you know you sit there okay they're not biased because they're supporting a view that i want and then as soon as they say something to the contrary based on their educated and uh you know obviously technical opinions on here you're gonna turn on them like you know white on rice to say that yep uh, well, I mean, you know, people in small independent analysts have called uh, Digital Foundry out on stuff that they've done before. So it's not like they're without they're you know, they're throwing, you know, they're the only they're the only ones that are qualified to throw stones. Yeah, but in this sure. case, in this case, what we've got is people that just want to have that echo chamber. It's like a sports fan who is able to co-sign any stupid decision the management of his or her favorite sports team does you know and make a case for it make a spin for it you know it you find it in everything in every hobby in every industry in every in anything in which people are consumers of a given service or product you're going to find people that are willing to spin it because they not only have to justify their purchase for themselves they have to justify that purchase to other people for whatever yeah. reason, yeah. you know. So, well, <laughs> and to kind of move on, the um, the same day that they announced the delay for uh, Halo Infinite, they did confirm that the Series X will be officially launching in November. So they pretty much, uh, we talked about last episode about that controller getting um, put out for sale. I know that there was uh, a box. <laughs> Uh, on the box of controllers that got placed out for sale, and the stated "Do not put out for display until November the 6th on there," and then, you know, doesn't seem like it's a false or you know, uh, fake sticker if need be. We've seen the stickers 
before, you know, do not sell before this date. So you're looking at the uh, launch date basically as being November 6th for the Series X on there. There's rumors right now about its price, of course, uh, but it's kind of been confirmed uh, that it is going to be $599.99 on there. So, um, so you out there, of your mind? Cheap. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, they are trying to sell it still, even without Halo being in the launch window, of course. If you go to Xbox Wire, they have this uh, article written by, um, you know, the powers that be at Xbox saying that they are launching with thousands of games spanning four generations. So, on there. But in the end, uh, they do have more than 50 new games planned for this year across generations. That means that basically are you're going to get games with next-gen patches for your Series X on there, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dirt 5, Gears Tactics, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and Watch Dogs Legion on there. So Gears Tactics is the only one of the uh, set with all that is an actual, like, you know, Xbox exclusive. I know I'm going to have to wait for a minute to play the PS5 version of Yakuza Like a Dragon because they do have a timed exclusive <laughs> with it. So... Um, one game that is coming out day and date is this indie game I talked about before on the show called The Falconeer that I'm excited for, but that is not a Series X exclusive or, you know, Xbox Series exclusive once the S comes out. So that is playable on the Xbox One as well as also available on Steam. So, I mean, I'll make my purchase decision whether that's going to be on the console or and or PC, but, uh, I, I'm not really sure what they're going to announce to kind of sell with the system. Obviously, um, the rumor is right now is that they have a number of different Game Pass announcements that they'll um, announce along with the price for the console and obviously uh, reveal the Xbox Series S, which, you know, with me poking my head around various video game forms uh, and the rumors right now is that even though they're going to announce it, they're not necessarily going to release the system day and date uh, with the Series X, which I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, people are just going to look at the redheaded stepchild after when it does come out <laughs> at some point. Uh, what's your guys' opinion about the uh, upcoming launch of the Series X now that uh, Halo Infinite's not included in the mix? I mean, they're just going to go and sell Game Pass. Game Pass is the product. Yeah. Game Pass is the product. And if you feel that the Game Pass option is worth you spending, you know, four, five, six hundred dollars, then you you just answered your own question. Here's my que here's my question though. If let's assume that this uh what five ninety nine ninety nine rumor is true, yeah, then that Lockhart's got to come in at three hundred bucks. I would assume so, yeah. It's got to come in no more than three hundred bucks. Nah. I would that's I would the only assume. way if because that that if 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 not, then any more than that, then that Series X is DOA. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you wanna just run a gimped up <laughs> even though it's a higher fidelity than you know, Xbox One S and Xbox One X? It's still something to where, especially if the price difference is not that significant between. It's not like the PS5 digital and the PS5 vanilla, you know, with the disc option. It's the same system, just without yeah. the disc drive. So, yeah, and so, you know, it, it's 
600 bones is is hard is a hard enough pill to swallow but when you're giving your customers every excuse in the world not to buy the product mm-hmm. how do you how does that even make sense how do you market a product when you're not building desire in it that's the thing that i ha- that i can't i can't i can't i don't make understand for yeah, I don't know. I was watching Phil Spencer's Animal Talking um, segment on there because I don't know if you guys realize, but he was a featured guest on Animal Talking, the um, talk show within Animal Crossing on there. And so, and he's basically making the point saying he's not, they're not in it to win the console war. They just want to sell their services. And, you know, <laughs> to me. <laughs> Not having a exclusive launch lineup of any sort, just having their Game Pass games and their obviously optimized titles for the console on there. I mean, you could have backwards compatibility up to the Wazoo, but if I don't have a back catalog of games I want to run them, they said backwards compatibility doesn't really matter. For me, someone that is not, you know, invested in the Xbox, um, you know, series of games as much as i am other platforms it's just it's it's a hard sell I mean, just like someone diving into i would say if someone's just diving into playstation or switch would have the same equation but the thing about switch and playstation is that you have your spider-man's or horizon zero dawns or ghost of shishima's that you could kind of you know give some sort of, sort of worth to actually purchase said console you know, same thing with the Switch. You know, you're going to buy the Switch. You're going to play Animal Crossing, Mario, uh, Zelda, so on and so forth. You buy Halo, you buy a Microsoft system. What are you getting? You're getting your subscription service. <laughs> you're not getting any sort of uh, significant, you know, exclusive titles on the system on there. You know, you got your State of Decays and Sea of Thieves. You know, it's like uh, it's just a decision that they've made, and uh, you know, they're going to have to really rectify that. And I'm not willing to make the investment now to find out where they're going to be in two to three years. You know, so no, you know, I'm, I'm I can't wait for Obsidian to get their big AAA like RPG out, and I'll continue to play on PC and uh, play on Xbox One X in the meantime. See where they go and kind of see you know what kind of uh, vision they have as a studio to, you know, release more games. So. Well, you know, this, um, there's this YouTuber, he does, he's, he mostly focuses on like TV tech. Uh, his name is FOMO, which stands for fear of missing out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he did a thing on where he was talking about the Xbox and what he thinks Microsoft's game plan is. And I kind of sort of have to agree with him. I was because my whole thing has been like, I don't understand why they keep making a box if the service is what it actually is, what they're trying to do. And what he kind of what what his his theory is, and it makes a lot of sense, is that. At some point, Microsoft is just going to is just going because they're not going to beat PlayStation they're not going to beat Nintendo in the in the console sales numbers games but what he thinks is going to happen is that they are just getting people used to the idea of having a box with the xbox label on it but they said at some point in time 
micros you know phil spencer is just going to get up there on stage and he's going to say okay folks for the next iteration of consoles you're going we teamed up with asus we teamed up with you know whomever all these big either manufacturers of computer components or companies that sell you know like dell and they're going to be the ones that are going to be building a, a xbox console kind of like if you remember if you're old enough back in the day you had sears made their own console there was the sears version of the 2600 and i i want to say they had a version of the in television i could be wrong on that one though, no but they did they, they did. did okay yeah so yeah so they had you had sears was also in the in the console business so if you wanted to save a couple of bucks you could just get the sears version of the vcs or the intellivision still play the same games but it was a sears on the it was the sears label on the box yeah in this in this yeah and like in this in this case it would be xbox is just making the app that's going to run on the box these other companies are going to actually go and put the PC pieces together, build the hardware, and throw it out for for consumption. Kind of sort of, I guess, what Steam tried to do with the Steam box, but but didn't work yeah, out. I kind of remember, it's like the 3DO um, kind of a blueprint. If you don't remember 3DO, 3DO was a system that came out from Panasonic back in the mid to late 90s on there, but uh, they... Uh, contracted out to different manufacturers to release the same box with different, of course, features and that kind of thing. So you had your Samsung 3DO, Sanyo 3DO, if you remember Sanyo, mm-hmm. yeah. Panasonic 3DO systems where they all played the same games uh, on there, but uh, almost like separate, like uh, they viewed it almost like a format, like if they're releasing uh, Blu-ray players and or DVD players and so on and so forth. So on there it'll be interesting to see if they do ultimately wind up with that or whether they ultimately enough you know like um cybertron you know fly up into the cloud and like finally compete with uh, google and and amazon (laughs) whoever else that they said that they're actually competing with versus uh playstation and nintendo so oh well phil did say nintendo had to be protected I don't know where that came from, but protected from who I have no idea. (laughs) I think Nintendo can take care of themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Right. In my last news story for the night, um, I think we we glossed over this last episode, but uh, Street Fighter series executive producer Yoshinori Ono uh, is leaving Capcom this summer. He's been at Capcom for almost 30 years on there. So, so, and uh, he did have a uh, nice social media post indicating uh, that he's been with the Street Fighter brand for a long time. He's experienced good times, bad times, and even non-existent times on there. And, and he's basically uh, said that his heart is filled with appreciation uh, for everyone giving warm and kind support on there. And he supported that series. He kind of brought it forth from the ashes, quote-unquote, and worked on Street Fighter Four, And uh, obviously, uh, Good, Bad, and Different also worked on Street Fighter Five on that as well. So he is 
uh, leaving the summary is probably have already on the on have has already left if need be but uh, the rumor had it that i guess that uh, street fighter 6 wasn't looking too hot <laughs> on there according to the last rumor they just announced uh, their um, latest season uh including you know characters like dan you had to wait four four years for dan to make an appearance on that and uh they're actually bringing a character from rival schools to the latest um season of street fighter on that i think akira i believe if i'm not mistaken is uh one of the characters on there i know that um trying to remember the other characters i know what oral from street fighter 3 is also included with the uh character pass for uh, Street Fighter V on this latest season. So uh, we'll have to take a look to see what they do to kind of bridge the gap until Street Fighter VI can be uh, fully announced, if need be. So any thoughts, Kev, about Ono finally leaving Capcom? Uh, I like the guy. Um, I was not a, pan a fan of Street Fighter IV. The FADC component was just I, I gave my I gave my wrist to Corporal Tunnel just trying to do that. And if you couldn't master FADC, then you really couldn't play Street Fighter Four effectively. Um, five, I think, is probably the best playing of the more modern uh, Street Fighters uh, as far as ease of getting into the mechanics. But again, I'm not really in love with the art style. Um, I think Ono was a great uh, like ambassador. ambassador for the fighting game community as a whole, and also for Capcom. You know, I, I mean, when I, I, you know, having everybody just stand up and do the, uh, you know, the Hadouken or Shoryuken, you know, after a Capcom Cup tournament when we went to uh, uh, PSX, you know, what was it, three, four years ago now? Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. Um, I he seems like a really earnest guy, and someone who really wanted to make be able to take Street Fighter to new heights. And maybe you know whether or not he did that maybe is arguable at this point. But I think he I think he did his job well uh, for for what he was given and what he was working with. We never know what was going on internally, but. For Street Fighter Six, what the best thing that they could do as far as an aesthetic is to is to do is to like make some type of deal with Arxis and go back to that hand drawn style, man. That you know, like what they're doing with guilt this upcoming Guilty Gear, what they've done with uh, um, uh, Grand Blue versus those those arts that is what street fighter needs right now it needs to the tech the, the tech that's used to accomplish that is new but it harkens back to that classic hand-drawn art style that games like three and two and alpha had and that is what street fighter needs the most right now uh, i think its fighting mechanics are great five but that i just can't i just can't rock with with that art style a whole lot i think it's better than four but five is is still not exactly what i want from 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 street fighter aesthetically so it'll be interesting to see where they take the franchise now yeah, who picks up the reins 
Yeah, I think they have people within Capcom that could pick up the ball and kind of roll with it. So I wasn't I wasn't aware that Ono started as a, a musician. Basically, he was like a music composer starting out on here. So that's that was his deal getting into Capcom on there. So he was like sound management director on a number of different games, including Street Fighter Three for the arcade on there but he did write music for uh mega man battle and chase back in the day so they get in there somehow yep all right so that is unless you have anything to add about ono and des i didn't hear you what'd you say oh he will be missed oh for sure and that is our news for this episode so well, all right. So thank you for sharing the news goings on for this past week with our listeners. So our next topic on our docket is going to be our main event. So the question that we posed to our listeners, we posted out there in the Twitter sphere, was what's your favorite video game peripheral accessories, i.e. brands? headphones, steering wheels, etc. Now, like I mentioned uh, last week, I've got a deep, 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 I've got two deep cuts, triple deep cuts on this one. I know you do, so why don't we let <laughs> so, you let you do your deep cut, because I know it's going to be deep. Okay. So, back, back, back in the day, uh, there was this black and white game called Stunt Cycle uh, put out by Atari. Well, there was a console version of that put out. I think it was Sears that had the, and I I had to look it up. Uh, I had to actually look up the name for it. It was something, it was like, it was something called like the, um, uh, what do they call it? And it was something like the Sears 8-in-1 something or other. Uh, I actually did find uh, find uh, the actual name of it. I should have wrote it down, but I can't remember. But it's a very long game, a very long name. It had eight versions of Pong, and it had something like three versions of Stunt Cycle, which included uh, Dragster, which was basically, I don't even think they changed the graphic for the motorcycle. <laughs> but... As opposed, you had to do like wheelies to get over bumps. It was almost like an early excite bike in that in that respect. Uh, and then, of course, jumping over the buses, you're going through three lines, uh, three or four lines, going back and forth across the screen, the screen, adjusting your throttle, and trying to jump jump the, this ramp of buses that were lined up at the bottom, right, right around the lower somewhere around the mid to lower left-hand side of the screen. Well, when I was in elementary school, I had a friend named Jason who actually had that. And I, he invited me over one Saturday. And, I mean, we played that. Th- I don't even know how long we played that game because our intention, our intention was to actually play Pong. But we got into <laughs> Stunt Cycle. And don't ask me how I remember stuff that happened when I was in, like, fourth grade. And I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. It's just not how my brain works. But we were just we were just running that playing stunt cycle forever that that day. And you you had to adjust your if you if you had too much throttle, 
before you hit the ramp, you would overshoot and crash. Or if you under you had too little throttle, you would land on the buses and crash. And if you put too much throttle on your approach, you would pop a wheelie and 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 you fall out. So uh, that was that per that and it's not it wasn't really a peripheral. It's actually the console, and it had these two it had these two motorcycle handlebars just like we did in the arcade, and you would roll them forward for threat for throttle and roll it backwards to reduce throttle. And on the side, it it had room for four. It came with four uh, Pong uh, dial controllers, so you can play like there were like four player Pong that you could that you could play. And you know they called them hockey and uh, was another one. They had like volleyball, but it was all just different variations of Pong with a few different little blocks here and there. And they were just. I think it came with overlays. When when I was playing it over at Jason's, he didn't have the overlays on the TV, but but that was that was one. And so I don't know if that would really count as a peripheral or not, but I'm going to call it one because it is something that's stuck in that stuck stuck in my mind. And the last one I'm going to I'm going to mention is going to be the Turbo Wheel for ColecoVision, uh, which I still have. It's still in the box. It looks like it's in mint condition. It looks like it was manufactured yesterday. And wow. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many hours I spent playing Turbo. Turbo, the first time I played Turbo was at Roller Town. Oh, Roller Town. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I just, I just fell in love with that game. I just whatever whatever little monies that my parents gave me for food and whatnot because it was a school trip. Um, I just had I just had the skates on because they made you have the skates on when you were when you were actually in the facility. But I spent I, I was either I I played I played Turbo and I played Star Castle. Those were two games that I played when I was over there at Roller Town, and they had Turbo. And because there was like two sections of arcade, there was one kind of like right kind of tucked into like where like across was where you picked up your your skates and you turned to drop them off and pick and, and picked them up. And they had this this little walkway which brought you into the main area and they had like other arcade games there, but they had turbo in that little side cut, you know, across from where you turned in your skates. And I spent so much they had turbo in there and they had track and field in there if i remember correctly and Ugh. i just uh turbo was just freaking amazing and i when i when i heard i i actually saw the commercial for turbo for the coleco vision and i just i was just doing backflips i was just like oh dad i can i can i can i get can i can i get turbo can i because my mom had no idea what the heck I was with Turbo. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I had to wait until the commercial came on one Saturday morning, and you know, be able to show her. And uh, and she's like, uh, "What is, is that? A new? Is that a new? What is that? A con? What is that? You know, trying to figure it out. And you know, again, because the drug scare, you know, I I'm <laughs> sure I probably played that card in some form or fashion. Well. That Christmas, I had me a turbo wheel, and it came with with the turbo cartridge. And while it wasn't exactly 
a carbon copy of Turbo in the arcade, it was pretty darn close. It was was pretty darn close. It was close (laughs) enough for me. So I spent hours, man, playing playing Turbo, and I I still have my ColecoVision. I still have my Turbo Wheel. Like I said, both are in mint condition, look like they were manufactured yesterday. And, uh, man, I I just spent, like, hours and hours and hours playing Turbo. They had other games that, that, that they could use for the, for the Turbo Wheel. They had Dukes of Hazard, which I never got. Uh, probably because you were driving around on an, and with a with a rebel flag covered car, and my dad was like, "No, you know that ain't happening." Mm-hmm. Um, and they had this other game called Destruction D- Destruct Destructoid, yeah, Destructoid, where you had to collect these crystals. It was a top-down game, kind of like in the kind of like what uh, Rally X is, and I think they had Rally X available for it too. Um, and it was kind of like Rally X, and you were this uh, like a buggy, and you this that, that was land crash landed in this spaceship, and you had to collect these uh, crystals, and you were being chased by these mechanoid uh, Zoid-looking robots, and so you had to collect the crystals, get a certain number to your ship to repair the ship, and then when your ship was repaired, you'd get in and take off, go on to the next level, and that that, that game was a lot of fun too, but. Most of my time was used <laughs> was, was playing turbo. So, so yeah, those are my deep cuts for y'all, old man memories. Well, I had a turbo wheel as well, actually. So, wow, We're, I never had a turbo wheel. <laughs> I was not. Well, cool it, it's uh, the expansion module too is the technical term for it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. the turbo was a Sega game that was just like you know, it was just like the bomb on there i know it was like similar to monaco grand prix i think is another uh sega it was an overhead racer that was in the arcades around that time but uh you know, my story is not as cool as yours kev because i think uh i asked for it i didn't get it for christmas but uh, my dad wound up buying it for me on there uh we we're at the arthur's toys and um on Tolarian chestnut so it's like the uh out of the way, Arthur's Toys, the one that was more closer to my hood when I was growing up a bit. But uh, oh, Arthur's Toys. <laughs> yep. And I really wanted it. I mean, I remember it was quite pricey. I think it was like 79 89 uh, bucks. So, but uh, I wound up getting it. So, on that. And I played with it quite a bit uh, on there. I think uh, Turbo was an awesome game. And then. Of course, I got this wild hair up my ass to go get a 5200 versus a ColecoVision. So my dad uh, took everything back to Sears, I believe, in box and got money so I could swap it out for a 5200. And bye-bye, I went my turbo wheel as well. Because <laughs> so. back and... then, when when I wanted to play something different, uh, I didn't ask my dad for something different. we just go... Box it on up, take it back to the store, and go get another one. So it's like a different. So, but uh, I kind of wish I kept my ColecoVision because that 5200 controller was some booty ass crap. But I enjoyed my 5200 quite a bit until the crash happened. So. Oh yeah, that 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 product was called the Telegames Motocross Sports Center Four by Sears. That's that's the that's the one that had the stunt cycle on. 
All right, all right, Joe. What was? I mean, I know you have to have more than just you know the the wheel. What was your? Thought? Oh no, yeah, well, wheels wasn't even on my radar actually. So, uh, for me, uh, the number of different peripherals, of course, throughout my gaming life on there. Um, uh, and then the one I was mentioning last week, I thought I would definitely get a like an email maybe from our listener John Travis Buckle. Uh, I forgot your wife's name. I'm sorry, dude. John Travis uh, B on there. So I'm sorry, dude. But uh, I was referencing the the Namco Nedgecon. I know that's one that was up in your wheelhouse, John, on there. And I was kind of referencing last week. Uh, that is a PlayStation 1 controller that you are were able to twist the steer on there. If you guys ever seen that or not. Have you seen that before, Kev, or no? Not really. No, I've never seen that either. Yeah, it's just it, look it up if you can. It's a, a Namco Nedcon on there, and uh, basically it had a thing to where you uh, the controller was two two separate pieces, and the, you basically twisted it to steer on there. And I never really got into it, but I know for the people that actually got used to controlling uh the um car that way that it was just like second to none on there so but uh my deep cuts are gonna be first off um sega master system uh the peripheral that kind of spoke to me uh it was the um sega master system 3d glasses on there Mm. so and those were just the bomb diggity on there i remember playing mace hunter 3d for the first time on there on that uh, i think that was like one of the packing games on there and then also space harrier 3d uh for the master system was just like you know super awesome and um you know even though you know it they were almost too small for my head because by the time i was already like um, joe size already like big chromagian <laughs> head on joe here size. i mean <laughs> yes so they were kind of tight on my face on there and of course i wear glasses so it was like my kind of uh ant- ancient like foray into uh you know uh vr if need be you know i just i thought the effect was awesome on there so and so i gotta give it up for the master system uh 3d glasses on there and i wasn't sure if any youtube would mention this but uh of course the nes advantage joystick on there was also one that was uh pretty near and dear uh on there you know using the turbo buttons on the advantage as well on there never had one Mm -mm. yeah no never had one either yeah and then uh, as far as uh throughout my console history of course um you know the dreamcast you could probably take a look at all the interesting peripherals uh for that system on there and you're talking about like the key the you know god forbid the uh, dreamcast keyboard and mouse so you could play uh typing of the dead two players so i have two dreamcast keyboards in my possession on there and of, <laughs> of course, course you did <laughs> i have a uh fishing controller for the dreamcast which you know uh sega bass fishing is like probably the more one of the more fun games uh, you know, uh, fishing-wise that I've ever played before. And, of course, you know, love the uh, Japanese guy. Enjoy your fishing. 
record size breaking fish and all this just going back and forth. Uh, the uh, maracas too, uh, the Samba de Amigo oh, maracas. Yes, for the, the maracas. Those are I fun. Still, I still have those in my closet in the I next room. Those. On there, so and I still own those. I happen not to sell those, thank God. So yeah, I don't the know maracas are fun. How much disc, you know, plastic rot, you know, I'm going to go in there and find a, you know, uh, sticky mess because who knows what plastic was made to make those things. But yeah, the maracas were awesome too. So Dreamcast yeah. basically had like some of the best um, peripherals. Well, were, you know, and remember the, the, the little things that you could stick into the controllers that were like the a VMUs? little, tom- yeah, the Tomogachi things. Ugh, yeah. So weird. Yeah. Or are they called? VMUs. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Um, I used to bring those out to work because um, they you. had the, the cow, the chow from Sega Sonic Adventure. Yeah, yeah. And, I um, you know, because you had the little mini game and the little creature you could bring along with you, almost like a Tamagotchi yeah. on there. And of course, um, there was this mini game with uh, Skies of Arcadia. That you could play outside on the VMU, which, you know, obviously I killed some time at work uh, mm-hmm. playing that on there. Uh, of course, I brought the Sega Nomad to work, too. I played Fancy Star 4 on the Sega Nomad <laughs> during my breaks at work on there. I actually finished the game on the Sega Nomad. <laughs> so, uh, as far as any brand preference or anything, it just depends on uh controllers and that kind of thing i mean i always looked at um hori as constantly being one of the better manufacturers of especially fighting pads and uh, third-party controllers on there i had a particular uh ps2 hori pad that had a better d-pad i used to love playing virtual fighter 4 with on that and i could probably reference on there as far as headphones it just depends I know you mentioned headphones too, and uh, as far as brand preference at all or anything, it's just it's just whatever is you know good. You know, like the my current setup, I use Astro A50s, and uh, you know, unless I got them on a a price mistake sale at Best Buy, I wouldn't have spent 300 bucks on a pair of headphones. But uh, you know, that's pretty much my faves throughout the years on there. So, how about you, Des? For for me, and then we'll go into our listener feedback. Uh, for me, there's only one thing that that kind of came to my mind that really just really stuck with me for a very long time, and I just have the best memories. Was the original uh, the original NES track and field pad? Remember that thing? Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, that was oh, and I remember cheating my ass off, getting down there and beating the shit out of it with my hands. <laughs> we played that like it was going out of style. Me and my cousins, we would sit there and just just completely jump on that and beat it up. And I don't, it it was a it was a cape. It was a it was a it was a. a uh, uh, a mattress. We slept on that thing. Like we, we loved it. It was like the best accessory ever. Cause like when we first finally got our Nintendo, like that came with it. Remember, used to used to be packed with it, I guess, or something. I don't know. But I just remember having that gamepad and just, just 
doing that track and field and doing the jumping and doing the uh I, I to this day I still just get goosebumps thinking about you know that you know that and that was like one of the first kind of like full on um like where you had to like beat on something and I just thought oh, Nintendo was so cool you know this is the technology is amazing you know because uh, it also reminded me of um of when uh, the original Street Fighter cabinets where you had to fucking punch you had to punch down on the buttons and stuff like it reminded me of that and I was just like I have that in my house so so that's one of the things that that I really just you know just get so excited about and if I had one if I had one right now I'm sure those things are like super expensive right now if you really wanted to get one or maybe they're not I have no idea but I just know that uh that those are the things that were that were fantastic um uh, that pack in because that was like a later like 1987 pack in that's when know. that's when rob the robot kicked the bucket at that point because uh <laughs> rob the robot. Oh, i had, uh, had rob the robot too and yeah. i didn't know how to play that game with what with, with, you play yeah, like what? I didn't know. Like, no, I, you know, really... I, I was 16 years old when um, the NES came out. You know, 1986, 85, on there. So I, I bought the uh, base set without Rob. I looked at Rob two seconds and I was like, uh, I ain't no damn kid. I ain't gonna play with no damn wow. robot. <laughs> you know, Look at give him. Me some, give me some Super Mario Brothers. You know, just all piff piff. <laughs> yeah, piff piff. About Take Rob. That away. I, I never experienced Rob, unfortunately. So you didn't miss I, anything. No, one of my I think you one really of my cousins didn't. had it, and I went over and saw them play it. But no, I I played the hell out of that. You know, whenever we would get together, me and my cousins, you know, we would they we'd roll that out and play some track and field. It was crazy. Yeah, you know, we we'd oh. good a good you know two or three hours of just running around and playing on that stuff. It was fantastic. Great. Yeah, I, I missed all those um, noteworthy NES attachments. Like, I don't know if you played with the power glove or the. Oh sword. yeah. Oh yeah. I had the power glove. I had the light gun. I had all that. I had all those accessories oh. for the original Nintendo. Like that's that was the, that was the shoe, dude. Come on now, power glove. That was my jam. I had no idea how to, I. It was horrible, you know. But but I I watched the cartoon, the the, the game master, or Captain N, Captain N, the game master. I watched that. He had a power glove. I had a half power glove. <laughs> I was, All I know is I bought a power glove. It probably wouldn't have fit my damn hand, you know. So. <laughs> or he had Cro-Magnon hands at sixteen, so you know. Oh, I remember so... wanting the U-Force, but I'm grateful I never bought that thing. Do you guys remember what the U-Force was? No, I have no idea what that Sounds is. Sounds familiar. I can't play, can't get an image of it. It was a <laughs> thing where it was like a controller, but it has like a motion, and you like would flip it up and open it, and then you can make like punching like motions at it, and it would register your movements as control movements on that is awesome. the screen on there. So, yeah, yeah. it's like something yeah. where it's like, yeah, I want to play Punch Out using the U Force. And, course when it finally came out it was just this big piece of crap basically <laughs> yeah so so just now, the correction yeah, it doesn't look all that hot yeah just the no. correction i didn't i didn't actually have a game uh 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 the 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 game glove my friend had it and i had to play at his house so and if you ever had to share a game glove with someone ugh, sweaty it probably was all sweaty inside of it <laughs> oh it was gross 
So, yeah. But, you know, you're like a, what? You're like a 12, 13-year-old kid. You don't care. It's like, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. Yeah, so. Yeah. Fantastic. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So, you kind of mentioned light guns. I started thinking, and, uh, God, I remember all the, like, Menacer and Super Scope 6 back in the 16-bit era with these giant freaking bazookas, but... Uh, <laughs> the light guns. <laughs> The 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 Saturn and the PlayStation light guns, uh, the Negcon and the um, Sega Saturn light guns, especially with like Virtua Cop, were quite noteworthy, I think, too. So I definitely didn't you have my... you had you had one of the Sega light guns, right? Because I remember playing, or was that in the arcade? Hmm. No, no, I, I definitely I I have yeah. a Sega light gun game. I have a Dreamcast one as well. Yeah, so. yeah, I knew that we. I, I the ones with for the Vampire Knight. Came with the two, the two oh, for, uh, for PlayStation Two. For PlayStation yeah. Two, yeah, I got those. I still got those. Yeah, I still have mine as well. Yeah, boxed up. Those were wish... super accurate. Super oh, accurate. You know, right. I don't have a CRT, but maybe I need to go to a Goodwill or something. <laughs> go, go do or right. tour. You better, you better. So we got a couple of uh, feedback on on our on Twitter. So thank you so much, everybody, for responding. So Vic at Lego Bro says, uh, my favorite accessory is the Skull uh, and Company grip case for the Nintendo Switch console. It makes the Switch very comfortable to hold for longer periods and provides a good amount of protection. So yeah, that's a very, it's a very practical, um, very practical uh, accessory. You know, game cases. Joe has a ton of game cast cases. Whenever he outgrows one, he just kind of gives it to me like a like a hand-me-down and i take him because he has tons of them you know he's joe's person to get a really good deal so <laughs> don't sh- oh, sh- my thing with the switch is i love the hori split pad pro on there i have that on my switch you know i hear i hear all these people complaining about uh um joy con drift and you know you know basically if you've seen the split pad pro it makes uh like a playstation 4 controller on the switch with proper analog sticks not these little baby like you know sticks from hell basically <laughs> so for your for, for your quote-unquote cro-magnon hands so yes of course yes for my big <laughs> big italian man hands so, on here so it just makes using the switch portably that much better and Corey actually saw because they brought out that accessory for uh diamond x machina that Nintendo oh, first yeah. party uh, Armored Damon Core X-Pop game. Yeah. yeah, but uh, they're actually releasing the Split Pad Pro and have another run coming up pretty soon with uh, different colors on that. So if you're interested in getting a better control method portably for the Switch, I would definitely give that my two thumbs up. So big cool. Cro-Magnon thumbs up, of course. Yeah. <laughs> thumbs up. So uh, we got another one from from our friend uh, WT Famicom, a gaming podcast. Uh they said, really simply put, Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Controller. Didn't you have that, Joe? I had one. Yes. I, I, I don't know if I still I, have it. but I knew it. Yes, I knew it. When I, when I saw that, I was like, I think Joe had that. Yeah. I uh, think the the worst control I gave it away eventually was an Anam, uh, the Anamusha like uh, motion sword on the PS2. <laughs> I bought it. And yes. The thing was a piece yes. of crap. So. It wasn't it wasn't there like a Tony Hawk skateboard at some point or oh uh, yeah Tony Hawk ride yeah yeah the skateboard oh I remember I remember you telling me about that saying because I'm a huge Tony Hawk fan and I'm gonna buy the Tony Hawk 
one and two when it comes out, most likely. You know, maybe, I don't know. But probably. But, because I, I bought all of them before. But I'll never forget Joe buying that. In no, Eric. I didn't buy, I never bought that. Did you, you buy that? Or, I think I, think so I must no. have bought it. Or someone bought it. Yeah, before. not me. No, I never touched that thing. No, I, think, I, think, I know, I know, I played it somewhere, and I was just like, oh, this is not good. So, but yeah. So uh, our last, uh, our last uh, comment comes from our good friend uh, from Double F uh, 2018. Fred French uh, says, and yes, he has he has a question for us. So I'm very happy that he did this. So the first first was the comment for the uh, for for the actual question, and he says. I'm going with the Pro Controller for the Switch. The controller uh, is a game changer for me. I like the Joy-Cons for some games, but they uh, were my only option. Sorry, but if they were my only option, uh, I'd be playing a lot less games on the Switch. I have to agree. Um, the the I don't know if they're made for a child's hands um, or what, but the actual controller that you put the joy cons into is just it is not ergonomically correct it is just not a good control like i don't know what they were thinking or what they were doing with that but that is not uh a quality controller right there yeah yeah so we i totally agree with you fred we really needed to they really needed to come correct with that controller you know or maybe they did that on purpose because they knew they could sell controllers pro controllers or something this was like some crazy evil Nintendo marketing scheme. So who knows? But, uh, but yeah, I would have to agree. The pro controllers are the only way to go for the Switch, unless you're playing it in uh, in a handheld mode. And even then, Joe says, you know, you got to play, you got to use something else anyway. So yeah, I don't know. I think the Split Pad Pro is excellent for portable, but uh, the the pro controller is pretty awesome. The only thing I don't like about it is that the um, the pad the triggers on the back are not the analog triggers they're just digital unfortunately so yeah oh well i never really noticed so yeah Yeah. and then fred french has a has had a question for us and maybe you guys can help him because this is much this is pretty much out of my depth so he said i have a question for you guys or anyone reading this i have grandkids uh wanting headsets i don't want to do top of the line since they're still young i don't blame you also, I don't want to go bottom of the barrel. Any good middle of the road headsets that would hold up for young kids ages seven to nine? Wow, that's um, uh, I don't know. Seven to nine seems like a fairly a fairly young age for folks, especially. Um, I mean, for me, for me personally, I think a good set of earbuds probably would be good. But seven or nine, they might be a little too young for that. So for earbuds, so if you're looking for his over-the-ear head headphones, um, I would turn it over to either Joe or Kevin because I I use over-the-head uh, over-the-ear um, headphones, but for the longest time I used uh, just earbuds because they worked. You plugged it in and you were you, you would good to go. So I I don't know, uh, Joe, what were or Kevin, what are your thoughts about about that? That's a Joe thing because I use earbuds. Yeah, I know you use you feel use earbuds too. What are your thoughts, Joe? Good entry level set is going to be the HyperX Cloud Stinger wired headset. I know if you're going to buy an actual, um, you know, boxed headset for doing online, is that uh, that has really good reviews on there. Um, it's fifty bucks. 
uh, go pick it up at your local Best Buy or GameStop on there. Uh, as far as it being sturdy, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not sure how much you want your kids playing online at seven and nine, but if they're playing with friends playing Minecraft or, you know, Fortnite, I would definitely uh, give that my heartiest recommendation. I think for that price point, you don't want to, because uh, there's a lot of like cheap Chinese uh, headsets that Amazon puts up, and I'm not sure of the quality of those on there. And you commonly, if you go to Amazon looking up gaming headsets, you'll see headsets on there between like you know 24.99 30 bucks on there and it's all just you know uh offline you know off-brand chinese uh headsets on there i know looking at it right now like some of the brand names bengu rumus because <laughs> it's just like these like just crazy just like uh you know you go to the swap mall and you're going to see these headsets being prominent <laughs> over there yeah and that. also and also you want your headsets to be to be number one of good quality and number two that that are that are going to last and i don't know um you said grandkids so m- more than one so it just depends on on if they're going to be sharing them or or if you need to get two but I'd have to agree with Joe. Fifty dollars is 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 a pretty good uh, price point for getting something that's gonna last. And I'd also second him about not not trying to go with a Chinese uh, Chinese knockoff because I've actually um, gotten a couple of 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 um... no, actually I never have. A friend of mine got some um, got one. Um, sorry, a couple of controllers, and and I, if I remember correctly, they didn't really work out too well. So yeah. Uh, even the more noteworthy brands, I mean, maybe I I'm know, lying. I don't know, but <laughs> your like Razer headset, Desmond Razer is noted. Like even you're gonna spend Vuku bucks on yeah. uh, peripherals that their peripherals break in in excess. Well, They're I don't not... use the Razer anymore. I use the I use the Astros now because the Razers weren't um, the 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 Razer doesn't didn't really. Um, yeah, yeah, the Razer Krakens, I believe, right? Yeah, well, well, they started. Well, they started. Um, uh, the audio started going out on them, so I don't know why, but, but, uh, but again, um, yeah. What were the What were the name of the? Um, you're you're using I... Astro A10s, right? The A10s yeah. are really good too. So and those are. But only... I got. But I got it on like a a, a a a huge discount though, so. Yeah, they're normally like I think either forty nine or fifty nine. So how would you recommend the A tens as far as they're for great. Fred? Yeah, they're so great. So that might be another option for you as well, on yeah. there. So. Yeah, I just wish I just remember like who had bought the, the the Chinese stuff. Anyway, I know I bought some stuff before, and it's usually a. Uh, no, they were the um, they were the 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 charge cords. So anyway, I I try not to buy you know uh, secondhand stuff. Um, yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Be be very wary of even like uh, buying DualShock fours online or DualShock threes or any controllers for that mind, for that yeah. matter. On there, you're gonna find knockoffs. There's a ton of DualShock three knockoffs out there that are not as well built and. Uh, right now, DualShock 3s are really hard to find, you know, and I know right now controllers are really hard to find, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, like, three or four of them just sitting there pick, taking up dust. I don't know. I don't know about you, but but sometimes the um, if they just sit around for a while, and I, maybe it's just, you know, where I live, but the uh, the analog sticks got really um, sticky or they yeah. started to come apart. I don't know. It's just really weird. Yeah, no, it's happened to me before. I've... It's just weird. 
I had a, uh, I'm a big Dragon Quest fan, as you well know, and I bought the uh, Dragon Quest Slime controller for the PlayStation 2 uh, when Dragon Quest 8 came out. And literally when I was moving to this house I live at now and going through my divorce, but I got my uh, Slime controller out of the container it was in. It was in my closet. And literally the plastic that Corey used on it, it was like sticky to the touch. I mean, yeah. literally, like, I, don't know what's... <laughs> I, I wound up, I wound up yeah. throwing it away. I wound up but, throwing it away. But yeah. these are, but these are like PlayStation, like first party controllers too. So, I mean, I guess, I guess the, the plastic just deteriorates over time, but yeah. regardless, it was just really kind of weird. So they're just kind of sitting there now, but but that's all of the uh, of the uh, the the responses that we got. I want to thank you guys. Uh, thank you all for for always tuning in and doing this. Um, if you have any any other comments uh, or want to help our Fred our friend Fred uh, uh, French out, please respond uh, in the comments. Let us know. So I know he listens. Thank you, and everyone everyone else who does. Um, and and tell us what you know help fred out let him know you know what your thoughts are for some you know inexpensive inexpensive but 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 pretty good quality uh head, headsets for his uh for his grandkids help help a brother out so um so a fred yeah so our next question though for everybody and um let's think about the good times you know because i know we're all tired of being in the house and everything was canceled and you know it's like 2020 has been canceled but let's talk about the good times when we could all geek out together at like PAX or E3, etc. So tell us, what is your favorite video game convention? And you can even go go one better and tell us what is a really fun um what is a really fun um experience that you had at, at a comic book convention. So so again, first and foremost, what's your favorite uh, uh, video game co- convention? Whether it's PAX, E3. Uh, PlayStation experience, whatever, you know, it, it, it could be some small podunk one that no one's even heard of either. Just, just let us know. Um, and if you want to get even more, you know, into it, you can let us know about a great time you had or an experience that you had, whether it was meeting someone that you've always wanted to meet or, or playing a game first that you, that, that you didn't realize was coming out or even some free swag. I mean, I, I got a, we were at PAX and I got um, Joe a Final Fantasy XIV sword. Uh, uh, pl- uh, it was a foam sword, and he 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 refused to take it from me. I was so sad. I got him a swag. I was, piff piff piff. Yes, yeah. he piff piffed me, and I gave. <laughs> and so this, we were standing in line for him to play a game, and I walked over. They were handing out you know this stuff, and I grabbed one. I grabbed two, and I was like, "Can I go for my friend?" And the guy's all sure. So I was like, "Yeah." I brought it to Joe, and he's like, "Piff, piff." And this guy just walked by, stopped, and said, "Well, can I take it?" And I'm like, I looked at Joe, and Joe's all, "I don't care." <laughs> so I gave it to the guy. He's like, "Thanks, man." And he walked out. So at least we made that guy's day happy, better. So whatever. But, but, um, but yeah. So that's our that's our question for our next episode. You know, we we really appreciate everyone who takes the time to answer uh these questions it really means a lot to us but that's pretty much uh it for the main event um wanted to also mention real quick before we head out that uh we are uh only have five more episodes well technically this is our this is our 95th episode so we have four more episodes before our 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 100th episode 
So we are still thinking about doing something really, really fantastic for all of our listeners. Uh, so please stay tuned for that. Just wanted to give you a heads up again. We're, we're having, we're getting close to our 100th episode and we are wanting uh, to do something special. So please stay tuned for that. But without further ado, uh, I've taken up enough time, so I'm going to send it off back to Kevin. Well, all right. Contact. You can contact our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. If you heard something you wanted, you've heard something that we said, wanted to respond to a question of the week or a main event that we've put out, or if you would like to actually be on the show and have us interview, get your perspectives on gaming out to our listeners. You're going to want to send an email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. Social media, we can also we have a Discord server, um, Gaming Vessels at Discord. Wherever you download this podcast, you're going to have a link to our Discord server. There's no prerequisite that you have to meet, no approval you have to go through. Just click the link, and you've got the Discord app on your mobile device or PC. You'll be able to jump in and interact with us there. We're trying to build a community over there on Discord. So much of the content uh, that I would normally put on Twitter, I'm just sending it to uh, Discord. Yeah, the URL for that, just in case if you don't want to click on the link, you want to write it down. It's tinyurl.com forward slash GVP Discord. And gaming uh, for other social media on Twitter, I am at shownuff71. That's S H O N U double F, the number seven, the number 71. On PSN, I'm shownuff7, same spelling with the number seven. On Xbox Live, I'm shownuff071, same spelling with 071 at the end. And on Steam, I am shownuff71, same as the original spelling. So, Joe, where can folks get a hold of you at? For PSN and Steam, I am under the username Communagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. Xbox and also on Uplay, which is Ubisoft's uh, portal on PC. I am Communagara, same spelling, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A, 6995. On there for Nintendo, my friend code is uh, 4712-5953-1400. Zero nine. So feel free to add me to your Nintendo list of friends. And on Twitter, I am at Joe Fongul, J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L. Yes, where can folks get a hold of you at? You can definitely find me on PSN and on Xbox uh, at Nemo Tigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. You can find me on Twitter at uh, the Nemo 6 T-H-E-N-E-M-O-S-I-X. Um, again, if you're going to contact us on on any of uh, on PlayStation and or Xbox, please let us know uh, how you heard about it. Um, you know, we want to talk to real people, not bots. So please, you know, uh, let us know how you how you heard about it. That way we can, you know, know you're human. You know, not to get against extraterrestrials, um, but we want to make sure that you're not a robot. That way you can uh, we can hang out with you. So. Well, all, all right. right. Oh, go ahead. We're going to mention Game Night, too. Uh, PlayStation Game Night, uh, we did have a good run playing some Fall Guys and some Monster Hunter on there. So we uh, normally are running that at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific uh, on Thursdays. And then uh, our inaugural Xbox Live Game Night uh, with the GH Radio folks 
uh, was a success. So if you do want to join us, I think we're intending on running that. And I think we'll all probably partake in that together. So feel free to join us. So it's going to be 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday uh, on Xbox Live for that. So. Well, folks, we want to thank you for hanging in there with us for Season 6, Episode 28 of the Gaming Festival Podcast. For Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, and for Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, I am Shonarf71 signing off, telling you we'll be back next week with a new show. Peace!